Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Good morning, family. Thank you, team. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. It's nice to be back doing a sermon after a little while of trying to write a thesis that about six people will read when I'm finished. Um, Now I get to speak and hopefully more than six of you listen. After handing in uh, my first draft uh, to my two supervisors, one of the comments was, you need to use more formal language. You write how you talk. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what I've been doing for the last 12 years. I write sermons now, not academic essays. So that's going to be uh, fun. The other supervisor said, it's good to see you've put forward a 40,000-word document. And that was harsh. He could have at least called it a first draft. But no, it didn't even make that cut, apparently. So many more nights of polishing and editing and cutting and writing and reading. But that's okay. We continue that journey as we continue our journey today through the book of Hebrews, even though in my uh, notes I've written the book of Ephesians. So that's weird. Um, (laughs) The book of Hebrews, we start in chapter 6, 13. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. For example, who starts a passage with for example? This person would also get pulled up by my supervisors. They would need to go back and not start with for example. But we start with for example, so it means we need to recap on a little bit of last week uh, where Gary spoke on the section before. Um, Brilliantly, I might add, Gary, so good job by you. I know you'll be watching. Um, What is this, for example, referring to? We remember from last week, or we will learn today if we missed last week, that the writer of Hebrews has been pleading and encouraging the Jewish Christians to hold firm to the new teachings, the new lifestyle that Christ has given them. Because the church is shrinking, the church is struggling, And some who were in the church, who had converted uh, to Christianity, are turning back from their new way of life and going going back to the old pre-Jesus system, the system where they sacrifice. They sacrifice animals to receive their uh, salvation. And, And as Gary told us last week, they are essentially nailing Jesus to the cross over and over again, holding his work on the cross up to public shame. The writer goes on to encourage those still in the church who are persevering, who are seeing friends and family turn away. The writer says, dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example... There was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold to it. 
And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These are two things that are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. God's promise to those that endure, to those that hold to their new faith, is that they will inherit the promises of God because of their faith and endurance. And these, these Jewish Christians, these new converts, they're finding life hard. Life has become hard for these people in the, in the time of Hebrews. And for some, life has become so hard in this moment that they've forgotten that life has been hard before. And so the writer of Hebrews is pointing to their forefathers. Remember their struggles. Remember their endurance. And the person that the writer points to is the person who is the patriarch of the Jewish nation. He points to Abraham. Abraham knew struggle. Abraham was called out of his home, out of his city, out of all that he knew that was familiar, and was called to go and set up life in a new part of the world. And God promised him that a great nation would come from him. In Genesis 12, we read the story, the Lord said to Abram, now at this stage he is Abram, uh, later in the story, uh, because of the work that God does in his life, God uh, t- changes his name to Abraham. Um, but So he says to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan when he was 75 years old. He makes a journey leaving his father's family, leaving behind the security of inheritance from his father, and he follows God's call. I was looking up how long this journey was um, from his original hometown in Ur to Canaan, following all the steps that the Bible takes along the way. Uh, Best estimates, and by best estimates, I mean if he walked in a straight line, which is very hard to do when you're walking with cattle and little humans, um, is that they traveled 2,500 kilometers while he was 75. Now, I don't want to ask any 75-year-olds here about their endurance. I imagine that not, might not be such a, a pretty question. Um, but I can imagine asking people a third of their age about their endurance. And I still don't think 2,500 kilometers would be an enjoyable journey. Because um, 2,500 kilometers, if we start at Cape Puriyanga, and we travel to Wellington, and we travel back to Cape Puriyanga, and then we travel down to Cambridge, all on the wonderfully, perfectly smooth State Highway 1. 
That's about 2,500 kilometers. Abraham knew endurance. That's the faith and endurance that the writer of Hebrews is talking about. That's what he's pointing this church in Rome to do, saying, endure like this. Look to this example and hold to your faith like Abraham did. And look what happened when he did hold to his faith. He received what the Lord had promised. Abraham's story goes on, and when he's 100 years old, Abraham, and when his wife is 90, she gives birth to Isaac. And the nation of Israel is born. God called, God promised, humanity followed by faith, and God delivered. Except there's a little side note in the story. Because Abraham significantly stuffed up along the way. He had the faith to follow God out of his homeland. And away from his inheritance into the unknown. But he didn't have faith that God could provide him and his wife with this child to begin the nation. And Abraham took matters into his own hands. And Abraham and his wife came up with a plan. And and Abraham had a child with someone else. That child has significant ramifications still to this day. Because Abraham's other son, the first son, this line of descendants becomes the Muslim nation. The Quran, the Muslim holy book, credits Abraham as an imam to the nations, the father of Muslims. And so Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. He's the father of the Muslim nation. And through Abraham's line, we also receive Jesus, the father of the Christian nation as well. Actually, not as high as Father God, the true father of the Christian nation. And so in this moment... We have Abraham, the father of great nations. And in this moment, if you are thinking that you're too far away from God, that you've made too many mistakes, how can God possibly love you? How can God possibly accept you the same way he says he does with others? Let me remind you that you can stuff up. You can make mistakes. That you can think you know better than God and do things your way. But when you realize their mistakes, if you come back and acknowledge your mistakes, if you acknowledge your need for him, if you continue to follow after him, there is forgiveness, there is acceptance, there is still a place for you and your family. You have not, and most likely will not, be the father of two people and two people groups who have been at war for the last 4,000 years. You haven't done that. And God still looks to Abraham and says he is faithful and will bless him and will follow through on his promises. The writer of the Hebrews says God bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. 
He has become our eternal high priest. And so what are these promises that Hebrews encourages the listeners of the day and the listeners and readers of today to hold to? He's reminding them to hold on to the promise of Jesus, the promise of the hope in Jesus. Jesus, the one who opens up access to God for all of us by leading us through the inner curtain into the holy place. And who is Jesus? He is the Christ we spoke about in the first section of our Hebrew series. He is the supreme one. He is the one through whom the universe was created. He is the one who is higher than the angels. He is God's son. He is eternal. He cleansed us from our sin. He radiates God's own glory. Jesus expresses the very nature of God to us because Jesus is God. It's who he's inviting you to put your hope in. And the promises of Jesus that the writer is encouraging the Jewish Christians in the first century and encouraging you today to hold to, he promises that he is creating a place for you in his Father's house. He promises the forgiveness of sins for all sins, for the sins of Abraham, all the way through to the biggest, baddest sin that you have done, are doing at the moment, or will do tomorrow Christ's work on the cross is more powerful, his love is more enduring, and his acceptance is more overwhelming than what Abraham did, than what I can do, and than what you can do. And his promise is that there is a place for you and his family. He loves you, he wants you, he calls you. We are confident that you are meant for better things. The scripture says, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. The hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Christ is supreme. His forgiveness is all-sufficient. He loves you. He wants you. He calls you. What is your response to him today? Perhaps you're sitting there today and you've never submitted to Jesus to be your Lord to let his life be the sacrifice for your sins, for the Father to look at you and look at you with love and compassion because when he looks at you, he sees his son. If that's you today, we're going to pray soon. And perhaps you're sitting there today having known God, having accepted Jesus, but you're struggling with doubt, with a lifestyle that doesn't line up with the life Christ calls you to. You are not unworthy. You are still forgiven. You are still loved. You are still accepted. 
you are still part of the family. And we will pray for you too. And so I'm going to close in prayer. And if it suits you, you can pray along with me in your head or out loud. Or you can agree with what I say. But at the end, if these are one of your prayers, please tell someone. Please tell the person next to you. Please uh, tell an elder. Please come and talk to the prayer team who will be up the front. Because, as John said, we're not just called to follow Jesus. We're called into the church. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the life you lived. You showed us the Father. You showed us how to live guided by the Spirit. You showed us compassion and grace and love. Jesus, you gave your life. You became our great high priest, not just the one who would go to God with the sacrifice, but you became the sacrifice. Jesus, if there are people here that don't know you yet, would you reveal yourself to them? Help them to see your love, to feel your love, to accept your love, your hope, and help them find your purpose for them. So family, if any of you want to accept Jesus this morning, Repeat after me, Jesus, I want to surrender you and your will for my life. I ask for the work that you did on the cross to be the sacrifice for my sin. I ask for your love to sustain me, your spirit to empower me, and your spirit to transform me. Help me know what it means to be part of your family. Thank you for your love and your life. Amen. Jesus, for those of us that do know you, but struggle with who we are, that struggle with what we do, that can't seem to climb out of the hole that we have dug ourselves in, help us to see your outstretched hand. The way you held it out to Peter as he sank into the waters of doubt. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. Help us to see your purpose for us. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your love, for your work that allowed us to be adopted into your family. Amen. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.